This is Radio Influence. Football fans, it's time to go on the record for this week's matches in pro and college football with just one catch. We're only interested in underdogs. Who can keep it close if not pull the outright upset? Time to find out. It's Three Dog Thursday. Now here's your host, T.J. Reed. Yes, sir. One more time in 2016. Let's talk some underdogs in big-time college football and in pro football. We've got those New Year's Day games, the New Year's Day six games that aren't all on New Year's Day. In fact, the NFL is playing New Year's Day, so they're the sort of New Year's six, including the college football playoff semifinals. Who's going to dare to go with which underdog team in those semifinal games? We're about to find out. Plus, it's the final regular season Sunday of the NFL. Who can figure out which teams are going hard, which teams are playing their best players, and where might those underdogs be? It is time to sort it out. I am your humble host, T.J. Reeves. He is Kevin Rogers, senior handicapper and writer from VegasInsider.com. How was the holiday weekend uh, with Hanukkah and Christmas and Kwanzaa and Festivus for the rest of us? Did you did you survive all of that, including our underdog picks? I did, and it was uh, it was a, it was a nice weekend, and uh, luckily we got through it. And now we got uh, the regular season closing out in the NFL. I know that's not a lot of relevant games in the NFL this weekend, but at least the playoffs are up ahead and we get to the bigger bowl game, so it's a really good time. Yeah, and we're looking forward to talking about all of that uh, in our second segment as it relates to the NFL. We should mention that Kevin came up with one of his three underdogs. You and I both burned badly by the Carolina Panthers' complete no-show game at home with the Atlanta Falcons, where they were beaten decisively, and the Falcons uh, captured the NFC South by virtue of that. So we lost out on that underdog. You, however, hit on an NFL underdog with the Arizona Cardinals and the outright win against Seattle. So nice job with that upset. And boy, did the Seahawks obviously still have some problems, especially on defense now, even at home. Uh, with that loss so nice job on that I had the bear I had two no-shows at home the Bears also a no-show for that game with the Washington Redskins Uh, hard to fathom that they didn't play any harder any better at Soldier Field with a Washington team that looked that disheveled back on Monday night football and then they're back playing four days later and uh, and none of it seemed to work in the uh in the uh, Bears case against a Redskin team that was highly motivated. So you uh, you went with Vanderbilt earlier this week, Kevin Rogers, and they got housed by NC State. You're like me, though. You're ready for these lesser bowl games to be over and to get to the good stuff. Am I right? Yeah, and you know what? I should have gone with uh, Miami of Ohio on Monday after they, uh, you know, they end up losing to Mississippi State. But Miami of Ohio, they close out the season you know, playing pretty well. Mississippi State really didn't, but uh, you know, I decided to go with Vanderbilt, and Vanderbilt came up way short in NC State. You know what? They uh, they capitalized off the win over North Carolina, so uh, go Wolfpack. Yeah, and the, and the Wolfpack deserves some credit uh, for the way that they played in that game. But again, at Vanderbilt had played so well in their finale with Tennessee, and then come back around and uh, they got beaten up. And in in my case, unfortunately. Uh, the Miami Hurricanes make me 0 for 3 with the Russell Athletic Bowl win in Orlando on Wednesday night over West Virginia. I really like the 10 and 2 Mountaineers, but the Canes finished up the season strong and uh, they get the bowl game win. So I- I've got a pledge to be a lot better. So let's try doing that uh, right now 
uh, with some of these bowl games that are coming up later this weekend, including the college football playoff games. I think you and I are actually going to agree, and then we're going to disagree some on the college football playoffs. So where are you going first with the bowls while we're in the college games here on Three Dog Thursday, Kevin? I will start with the Orange Bowl with Florida State and Michigan. That, uh, you know, for Florida State last year, they were in the Chick fil A Bowl against Houston, and nobody really thought Houston would, uh, would do what they did to Florida State. And the Seminoles were uh, about a touchdown favorite in that game. They ended up losing, and now they flip it around this time with, uh, with a new quarterback, with DeAndre Francois. He didn't play in that game last year, obviously. And now you're getting points with the Seminoles, where Michigan was on the cusp of going to the Final Four, and they lose to Ohio State. They didn't end up sneaking in after Penn State won the Big Ten title, even though Michigan beat Penn State in the regular season. But for Michigan, you know, coming down here, you know, I I don't know, maybe is it a great consolation prize? I'm not too sure. And for FSU, you don't really get points that often in these bowl games. I know a few years ago against Oregon, they were getting points, and Oregon annihilated them. But I still, but Oregon had Marcus Mariota. They had a Heisman Trophy winning quarterback. Michigan doesn't have that. So I just look at FSU, second time playing at Hard Rock Stadium this year. It's big for Dalvin Cook. He's originally from Miami, probably his final college game. So I think that FSU getting points here is probably a good look against Michigan. Well, and uh, you laid out several things that I like, and I also like the Seminoles in this game. Uh, Even though Michigan uh, a year ago beat up on the Florida Gators in the bowl game in Orlando, and Jim Harbaugh very much wants to recruit and and do well in the state of Florida, and this is a chance to showcase uh, his program, I I really believe that Florida State um, is raring to go here with the month off, uh, the month to prepare for Jimbo Fisher's crew. I think their defense got better as the season went on, and it's one more chance to see Dalvin Cook uh, get out there and get after it. And let, let us not forget, I mean, uh, Florida State beats Ole Miss, an SEC team, in the opening game. Uh, Florida State, at the end of the year, bookends it by beating the Florida Gators. Say whatever you want about the Gators in the SEC East. Florida State handled them and uh, and won that rivalry game uh, as well. So uh, it's, not as, it's not as if... Uh, if Florida State was with, was devoid of having any key victories this year, and if they can protect Francois a little bit, they're probably going to be in good shape. Now, obviously, Michigan has got some stars, including Jabril Peppers. So this this is a great non college football playoff bowl game in the Orange Bowl in a standalone situation. That is a Friday night game. Whenever you're hearing this show throughout New Year's weekend. Orange Bowl, not only, Kevin, not being played on New Year's night, Sunday night the first, it's not even being played because they want these games to be standalones. It's not being played on New Year's Eve. It's not being played even on January 2nd when they're playing other bowl games. Friday night Orange Bowl. And let me ask you this. You're down in South Florida and in and around there. Do you think that's hurt some of the buzz for this game, that it's on the Friday night as we head to it? Or what is your opinion on that being around the Orange Bowl matchup FSU-Michigan? I mean, I really haven't heard a lot locally. I feel like the Orange Bowl gets lost in the shuffle uh, simply because years ago when it was the Orange Bowl, Miami in it normally, they play Nebraska or Oklahoma. There's a lot of buzz where you don't have, I mean, even though FSU is somewhat local, you don't have that angle behind it. Um, This is one of the better matchups they've had in uh, the Orange Bowl recently. I mean, there's been some matchups where, 
you know, we've seen Cincinnati here and Kansas and Virginia Tech, and you can't really get excited about those teams. But you had what you had a uh, you had a Florida State Northern Illinois a couple three years ago too in the Orange Bowl, if I'm not mistaken, right? So, I was at that game, and and uh, I will tell you that a quick story about that game. I feel like every student from Northern Illinois was at that game. <laughs> They're trying to get out of there, out yes. of Northern Illinois for the winter, and come down here. It felt like every kid from now, that school. True. And, and, and we should say this, too, that a year ago, the Orange Bowl was also the college football playoff semifinal game with Clemson and Oklahoma that was played in the daytime on New Year's Eve. And, and there was a lot of uh, scuttlebutt and discussion about whether those games should be played on a weekday, a weeknight as part of New Year's Eve instead of New Year's Day. And that ended up being a wild game because Oklahoma was in control of it for the first half, and then Clemson just ran them over in the second half. So you're right. I mean, sometimes the old traditional uh, independent team like Miami against the old Big 8 team, if you reminisce about the 70s and the 80s, and, uh, and even the early 90s for this game, but now it's it's kind of mixed, mixed and matched with the ACC and the Big 10 and, and other conferences that are involved uh, as well. So... It should be a great atmosphere because, to your point, it's going to be freezing cold in Michigan this weekend. And the and the Michiganders, the upper Midwesterners, they know this. So they are probably headed down to Miami. They just got to get there early. They got to get there for Friday night. It's not a weekend game, Kevin. No, and I'm going to the game. So obviously Friday night is a lot better than like a Tuesday night or something like that. So that is definitely a positive. And it should be a big crowd. It should be pretty fun. And like you said, you know, this is a game that's right outside of – the uh, the big two games that we have on Saturday that it's I mean USC Penn State will probably be a good game as yep. well in the Rose Bowl but it's it's just hard with all these games to really get great matchups that that the national audience is looking forward to I would agree and that's because the playoff games have the most relevance uh, it is three dog Thursday that's the voice of Kevin Rogers senior handicapper VegasInsider.com TJ Reeves with you and now you and I are going to talk college football playoff and I believe we're going to we're going to disagree at least on the first game. Your underdog, uh, tell them where you're headed for playoff purposes here and Three Dog Thursday purposes. Well, I might as well go with uh, one of the playoff games coming up on Saturday. And I'm going to go with the Washington Huskies. I know there's uh, you know a lot of people on both sides of this, You know, people that don't really – not they don't buy into Alabama, but they you know think that Washington's better than they are and maybe Alabama – really beefed up on an SEC that wasn't as great as everybody thought that it was. And in spite of Washington traveling cross-country, you know, going to Atlanta, where for Alabama it's a very short trip, it's not like they're getting there the day before where they're going to be totally tired. I mean, this is the biggest game in their life. And, you, have, I mean, Nick Saban, you don't normally say that somebody can out-coach Nick Saban, but Chris Peterson is one of the better coaches in college football. And that's obviously a big advantage for Washington. Jake Browning's probably the best quarterback that Alabama's seeing all year. I don't know if you want to put Chad Kelly in that uh, discussion when Ole Miss was up big on Bama early in the season before Alabama came back and beat them. But with Washington, I get the Pac-12, some of the big-name teams. Oregon was down, USC had a slow start, UCLA uh, underachieved this year, Colorado was good, Washington State was good, even though they didn't put up a good performance in the Holiday Bowl against Minnesota. I still believe that you know this Washington team – well-coached, good quarterback, good defensively. I think that I don't see why that they can't uh, hang around with Alabama in this game. 
Well, and I'm going to take the 180-degree opposite here. I, I would be stunned if this is not a runaway for this reason. Two words, team speed. And Alabama has so much of it on both sides of the ball. Washington just did not play teams, plural, like an Alabama or like the SEC caliber competition or even the Big Ten caliber at the upper echelon that has much more speed. And I know Jake Browning's a great uh, story out west in the Pacific Northwest and throwing for a lot of touchdowns. It ought to scare the daylights out of the Pac-12 fans that earlier in the week, Washington State, who was really good in the Pac-12, couldn't score and couldn't do anything with a disorganized Minnesota team and got beat. That ought to scare people to death. I know it's a one-off thing. It's a one-game thing. But, man, I, w- I would be concerned about that one, and I would be concerned about Jalen Hurts making plays. Look, uh, Chris Peterson pulled the shocking upset 10 years ago with Boise State uh, defeating Oklahoma in the Fiesta Bowl when he was the Boise State head coach. Uh, Chris Peterson won a game a few years ago. Uh, Kevin, you know this, in the Georgia Dome with Boise State with Kellen uh, Moore at quarterback and Doug Martin in the backfield. They beat the Georgia Bulldogs on the opening Labor Day weekend in the Georgia Dome. So he's got some experience in a big game or even in that building, but not against Saban, not against Alabama. And I think Jonathan Allen and that defensive line and the, and the Alabama, I mean, it may be a good game early, but Alabama will pull away from them in the second half. So you and I are on opposite sides uh, of that game for college football playoff purposes. And I know what you're saying. You're not saying that Alabama loses. You're just taking the 14 points with Washington to hang in there, right? Yeah, and also, too, it's like we say that, you know, if you're going to take an underdog, especially of this size, you hope they have a chance to win. And I think Washington legitimately has a chance to hang around. Who knows? I mean, who would have said when Ohio State got down to a third-string quarterback with Cardell Jones that they were even going to hang with Alabama, much less beat them? So we've seen the Crimson Tide in these situations before. We've seen them... uh, in bowl games, not put their best foot forward. And I understand they've lost to Utah in a meaningless game. They've lost to Oklahoma as big right. favorites. But they've also lost to Ohio State in the Final Four, and Clemson had them beat last year. So let's not make it out to be like Alabama is just destroying all of these teams in these bowl games. You you do remember the Cotton Bowl playoff semifinal last year, 38 nothing over Michigan they, State. Out, they totally yeah. outclassed Michigan uh, right. State in that game. Michigan State didn't belong there. All right, so that's that game. Now, you and I, I think, may be on opposite sides of the second game in the college football playoff. I'm going to go Clemson Tigers as the three-point underdog with Ohio State, just with the nod to Deshaun Watson being the best player on the field. I believe he's better than JT Barrett, better than anybody else. Clemson, the experience of having been in the playoff a year ago, I don't think their defense is as good as what it was last year. And this, this game may be a shootout with both teams in the 30s, and maybe somebody even gets to the 40s, Clemson and Ohio State. By, by the same token, the Buckeyes deserve credit. They went and won at Oklahoma. They obviously beat Michigan at the end of the year. They didn't play in the Big Ten title game. Well-known controversy, but they are in the college football playoff. They can run the ball, can the Buckeyes. I just think Clemson will find a way to win, and I'm going to take those three points in playoff game number two. Uh, all right, so what is your thought on the other semifinal in the Fiesta Bowl, the nightcap on New Year's night on Saturday night? Uh, do you think the Buckeyes get that rematch with Alabama in the championship game, or does Clemson get a rematch with Alabama in the second straight championship game? You know what? I'm probably going to be on the opposite side of you in this one, too. Uh, you know, you look at Clemson, and it is hard to return in the, uh, you know, in these 
playoff games, to go back to the national championship, to do it again. And for Clemson to take on Ohio State, where Clemson, when you look at them this year, they weren't very impressive early. They started to turn it on, but they escaped Florida State with a win. They escaped the NC State game with a win as well. So I don't think that they were as dominating as they were last year. Do they deserve to be in the top four? Yes, they do. There's no question they should be in the top four. But at the same time, I don't know if that means that they're a national championship-type team. Now you look at Ohio State, and yeah, Ohio State maybe wasn't dominant as well in the Big Ten. They snuck by in some games, and they lost in a blocked field goal against Penn State. There's still four minutes left in that game, but that's how they lost their only game of the season – And I guess the way I look at it is Clemson needed to win the ACC championship to get into the top four, which they did. But Ohio State didn't even win their side of the Big Ten in their number two. What does that tell you? Or number three. They're two or whatever they are. They're in that two three slot. Yep. Like, what does that tell you? They didn't even win their own conference, and they think this highly of Ohio State. So I just look at the Buckeyes. Yes, they're laying some points at a neutral site game where – it's really no home field advantage for either team with the location in Arizona. But I think that Ohio State, I mean, yes, if Ohio State wins, you know, by a genius, if Clemson wins, like, I mean, it could be a close game and Ohio State could win 27-23. doesn't mean that, you know, I'm a genius for saying Ohio State would cover. But I just look at Ohio State and I say, you know, this team is probably for real that they got squeezed in one game. And, yes, I know they went to double overtime with uh, – with Michigan, and they could have lost that game, but they didn't. They ended up winning, Found and now they're playing, yep. for, they're, they're playing for a chance to go to the national championship. And speaking of familiarity with the building, like we were talking about Chris Peterson with the Georgia Dome, or Atlanta's been, or uh, Alabama's been in the Georgia Dome in Atlanta over and over again, including in the SEC title game. How about both of these teams, Ohio State and Clemson, played in University of Phoenix Stadium, Kevin, a year ago, because Ohio State played in the Fiesta Bowl against Notre Dame and whacked them, and then a week later, Clemson played in the championship game and lost, uh, playing valiantly, lost a narrow game to Alabama in the title game. So both of these teams are familiar with the whole setup and the desert air and, and the stadium and all of that. So the, nobody's, nobody's at a distinct advantage of that, even from, uh, from last season for this matchup. I just like Clemson and I like the three points. You'll take Washington and the 14 points. Uh, for the two college football playoff semifinal games. All right, Kevin, stand by, because coming up, we've got to get to the final weekend of the NFL season. Which one of us likes an NFC road underdog? Who likes a home underdog against a team that has already locked in their playoff seed? We've got that on the final weekend of the NFL regular season coming up. Final show of 2016 this calendar year for Three Dog Thursday. We'll be back. Golfers, the holidays are coming up, and if you're looking for a great gift for you or someone you know who loves golf and golf apparel, have we got a deal for you. You need to check out the brand names and how it will all be delivered to your doorstep through the website shortpar4.com. Who likes going to the stores, especially this time of year, to shop for shirts, pants, sweaters, gloves, etc.? Well, shortpar4.com eliminates that need, delivering clothing every month right to you. And we're talking about the biggest brand names out there like Under Armour, Travis Matthew, Oakley, and many more. 
We just got a box delivered from shortparfour.com with over $150 in brand name items and apparel, and it was just $45. Still need more? Okay, because you're listening to this as part of Championship Weekend through December the 12th, shortparfour.com wants to take 50% off your first box delivered. Just use the promo code CHAMP at checkout or go to shortparfour.com slash champ and get more details. Again, golfers, save 50% off your first box of big brand apparel with the code CHAMP. Stay out of the stores and let shortpar4.com deliver to you now. The dogs are barking. Who will get it done this week? Three Dog Thursday now continues. Here again is T.J. Reeves. Yeah, we're back. It is New Year's weekend. We're almost done with 2016. Can you believe that? Kevin Rogers, Senior Handicapper, VegasInsider.com. you got big New Year's plans. You mentioned you're going to be orange bowling it on Friday night. We've got the playoff games in college football on Saturday night. You and I are both working the NFL weekend, the regular season finales for the Buccaneers, the Dolphins. Uh, so what, you got big plans this weekend? You're going to watch a lot of football like I am. We're looking for those underdogs every which direction. What's going on? Well, to be perfectly frank, I'm actually working Saturday night because I have Florida Panthers obligations. They're there playing at Dallas. So thank you, schedule makers, for playing an <laughs> 8 o'clock Year's game Saturday Eve. night. New Year's Eve. And yeah. you, you don't have to be frank. You can just be Kevin. But I, I'm with you. You can just be honest that you've got other duties. And, it, it, and, and you're right. I mean, the schedule makers, you know, line up all the games on Christmas, line up games on New Year's, which is the case, line up games on New Year's Eve. Uh, we'll, we'll play anytime, anywhere, I guess, with that. And so that leads us to the NFL, which last weekend played on Christmas Eve with most of the slate of games, now playing on New Year's Day and bumping off all of the uh, college football bowl games off of New Year's Day. And, Kevin, just as a general comment, you and I have been going over the slate, and it's very difficult to try to figure out, analyze, handicap who is going to go hard in a lot of these games when you don't have anything to play for. that It is always a tough assignment in the final week of the NFL season in particular to judge who's going to play hard, who's going to play all of their starters, when either they're playing only for pride or they already have their playoff position locked up and you're trying not to get people hurt. It's not easy. No, and uh, you know you have a couple situations of teams like the Steelers are sitting out a lot of their guns because they've locked up the AFC North. And then, you know, you have other teams that may sit out guys just because the end of the regular season and they're just done. And then you have the Jets who are starting Ryan Fitzpatrick. So it really, a lot of it doesn't make sense. And then you have the Buffalo Bills playing them who fire Rex Ryan apparently because there's an internal battle over whether or not Anthony Lynn, the offensive coordinator, should be the head coach. And Anthony Lynn doesn't want to play Tyrod Taylor anymore. And that leads to Rex Ryan apparently being ousted on Tuesday so that they can switch that around. There is a lot of craziness. So in looking over the slate, there are definitely some games that still have playoff relevance. All of the AFC spots are currently occupied. All of the teams are in. But, for example, you're part of the Dolphin broadcast. Dolphins playing the Patriots. Dolphins could still be the five seed if they want it. So will they go hard in the New England game? Kansas City can still be the West champs and could still potentially get a bye and uh, uh, so you know they're going to go hard in San Diego trying to win. 
because they could still win the division and get a home game and get a bye by doing that. So that's just a couple of examples there about playoff position and trying to figure out will a team go hard or not go hard in the NFL. Well, number one, I think that the Dolphins are going to try to win this game because if they have the chance to avoid Pittsburgh and play Tom Savage in Houston in the first round, they're going to do it. So if they win and the Chiefs lose, then the Dolphins will slide up to five and you get Houston and you avoid Pittsburgh and all those offensive weapons they have. So now let me say I this. I think the Dolphins are going to go I'm out curious. and win. I'm curious on your opinion. So Jay Ajayi is, is a big key for them. He dinged his shoulder again in the in the game they had to win with Buffalo. You honestly believe they will play him in the second half of this of this game with New England, let's say, even if the game is is close, you believe they're still going to play him knowing that the game the next week is do or die. You believe that's the, to be the case. Uh, we'll see how it goes. I mean, if they were down 28 nothing, I don't think he'd right. play in the second But half. my premise is, if it's close and they can win the game, you think they'll keep handing him the rock and try to win the game to avoid playing the Steelers. That's your thought. Um, I, I'm not saying they're trying to avoid it. I just think that you try to win and you yep. give yourself the opportunity. So I, don't th- I think that if it gets out of hand and they're losing, then they'll pull the plug on it. But I don't see why you should, before the game, sit out all these guys when you have a chance. If they were locked in the six and they couldn't go anywhere, then right. I'd say, okay, sit everybody. But, uh, you know, I mean, you look at the Cowboys this past week against Detroit, yep. and they played Dak Prescott. They played Ezekiel Elliott. They didn't need to play them. They did. They won big. I mean, it's a hard thing because I don't, I don't believe it was Jack Del Rio's fault that Derek Carr got hurt. They were, the game was still in hand. Like, or, you know, the game still in reach. Was, you know, in reach, yes. Yeah, exactly. So I just don't like that. I don't like the, well, if you would have sat him, no. If it's 49 nothing and you have him running down the field and he breaks his leg, okay, maybe that's your, but a 33-16 game in the third, he's your starting quarterback, you're going to play him. Like, I think it's ridiculous when people say it's the coach's fault for this and that. No, they're going to play them. You can't, you can't anticipate that. Again, it's hard to try to figure this stuff out. You and I are about to try to figure it out. So where do you want to go on this final Sunday of the regular season? I mentioned NFC underdog which one do you like in pro football you know what what have i said all year about the atlanta falcons that they were not good as a favorite they've improved as a favorite but they have the number two seed uh pretty much locked up and the falcons at 10 and 5 seattle at 9 5 and 1 so if atlanta wins then they end up getting the two, assuming Seattle loses. Seattle won't lose to San Francisco. I just don't see that happening. Mm-hmm. But uh, Atlanta's still something to play for, and they face New Orleans. New Orleans is 7-1 and one against the spread this year as an underdog. They lost earlier this year to Atlanta as a favorite. So you got revenge here. You got them uh, getting nearly a touchdown. The Saints beat the Bucks last week. The Saints, the one thing we'll say about them, even though they've been a disappointment, they still have – you know, in a sense, still play towards the end, and they haven't given up yet because you have a guy like Drew Brees. He's not going to mail it in. With Atlanta, impressive win at Carolina last week. They will definitely be a team that will, uh, you know, they'll try to they, – they could be a team that can win the NFC because I think any of those teams can win the NFC. I think it's wide open. But here, New Orleans has been a really good underdog this season. The Falcons have been better as a favorite, but also they've lost at home to the Chiefs. They've lost at home to the Chargers. They've lost at home to Tampa Bay. So I think in this spot, just in, in a relevant game, I'm not going to take 
you know, Jacksonville, Indianapolis, or some of these other games would mean nothing. At least this game still means something. I'll take the points for the Saints. Okay, and obviously I saw that Saints team at field level last weekend, and Drew Brees and company have obviously rebounded from where the Bucks stuffed them three weekends ago and beat them 16-11 to and held them without a touchdown. They lit up Arizona for 48 points. Uh, he threw for 400 yards. Breeze was solid throughout the game last week, only had the one touchdown pass, but Mark Ingram ran it well. So I don't think this is that far-fetched because, again, for Atlanta, they are playing for a playoff spot here, but the Saints owe them, and the Saints know they're out of it and could, and could screw something up for the Falcons. Again, this is the tricky part of trying to figure out how hard do the Saints keep playing if the Falcons are beating them, uh, how hard do the Falcons keep playing if they know the game doesn't mean anything, uh, in the second half, it is part of the puzzle that is Week 17 in the NFL. So I will also go with an NFC team, and in this case, I am going to go to the New York Giants, getting points at Washington and getting a lot of points at Washington. And the reason behind this one is the Giants, for playoff seating purposes, want to continue to win. I believe they're already locked in at the five spot because uh, the whole the whole confusing thing about Redskins or Lions or Packers or whoever it is trying to get the other wild card, they can't get to the New York Giants at 10 victories. But this is a chance, Kevin, to knock the Redskins out of this game or out of the postseason and knock them out by winning this game. And I don't know which Redskin team really shows up. I mean, is it the team that had everything to play for and was bad on Monday night against Carolina? Or is it the team that came in motivated against the Chicago Bears last Saturday on Christmas Eve at Soldier Field? Giants also in a revenge game lost to the Redskins earlier in the year. New York getting eight points. They may win this game outright. I will take the Giants here to spoil the Redskins' playoff hopes and knock them out because I I have the belief whenever you get a chance, like you were talking about, to knock somebody out, you go ahead and you follow through and you knock them out. And I think the G-Men and Eli Manning will find a way uh, to win and, and to take care of the Washington Redskins because they have the chance to do so. Yeah, and for the Redskins, obviously a lot of pressure on them in this game. You know, they have to win to get in because assuming Green Bay or Detroit, Green Bay and Detroit don't end up tying, that the Redskins <laughs> get in. And you know, for New York, you know, you still have pride, but then again, you never know with these teams. Like I kind of feel like that would they would say that, and then at the last minute, Eli would sit and Beckham and you know right. all the big guns wouldn't end up playing. So, you know, that's my only reason for staying away from it, just because we don't know if they pull the plug on it in the last minute. But then again, you know, do the Giants really care if the Redskins get in or not? So that's kind of where I'm not really sure, just because we've got to wait and see if those guys even play. Yep, good point. And all the circumstances are different. Go back to that historic uh, Patriots run through the regular season in 2007. Remember, the final game of the year was against the Giants. The Giants already knew that they were in uh, that year as a wild-card playoff team. They were just jockeying for position, playing the Patriots who were going for 16-0. and And remember, there was so much debate. Would Tom Coughlin and company go for the win and play all their guys and try to mess it up for the Patriots? And I know it's a different head coach, but Eli Manning was the quarterback. They went for the win and went to stop the Patriots from history, and it helped them later on in the Super Bowl with the chance to play the Patriots again head up, uh, beat them. Again, I just I go back to it, the NFC East longtime rivals. You have a chance Sunday afternoon to eliminate the Washington Redskins. Will they play the whole game? I don't know. 
Will they play enough of the game to get a lead and for Three Dog Thursday purposes cover that spot? I believe they will, so I will go Giants as the third of three underdogs. And we'll let the chips fall where they may with all the other uh, playoff seeding possibilities. Again, the Sunday night game is uh, potentially a winner-take-all uh, situation uh, for the North. It is a winner-take-all for the North, but the loser may be all the way out of the playoffs between Green Bay and the Lions, that one at Ford Field. And again, the Chiefs could still potentially be the West champs. The Raiders may be the West champs with a bye. Those are some different playoff scenarios that are ongoing this weekend in pro football. All right, Kevin Rogers, you do a great job giving us insight and analysis here on Three Dog Thursday. Tell us more about the information that is available anytime fans want it, all day, every day at VegasInsider.com. VegasInsider.com is the place to go for all of your bowl central needs, also the NFL. Don't forget college basketball conference play is underway as well with the NBA also ongoing, hockey if you care about that. And you can check us out all the time on Twitter at TwitVI. You can also check me out on Twitter at VIRogers, V-I-R-O-G-E-R-S. VegasInsider.com, best part about it, TJ, we're open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Yep, get all that information. Again, a bevy of bowl games and all the NFL picks and everything that's happening this weekend. Um, so, I, I mean, are we going to get uh, we're, we're going to get all warm and fuzzy here at the end of the show because this is it for 2016. We're obviously coming back in the new year, 2017, with an NFL postseason edition of Three Dog Thursday because the college bowl games will all basically be done, except for the college football playoff championship game that'll be coming up. We'll find out who the underdog is. We'll find out who those participants are. But this is it. It's been uh, it's been a wild and different calendar year, 2016, and it's about to be over before we talk again, my friend. So happy New Year! Happy New Year. 2016 has definitely been an interesting year on a lot of fronts, uh, past sports, and I think we all know what we're talking about. But uh, we'll be looking forward to turn the calendar to get to 2017. Get that page to January 2017, and again. For all the great information, go to VegasInsider.com. Follow him at VI Rogers on Twitter. Follow this show at Three Dog Thursday. Kevin and I agree on a Friday night Orange Bowl. Florida State getting seven points against Michigan. Again, if you're hearing this show after Friday night's Orange Bowl, you already know how smart or how dumb we are. Saturday, Kevin likes the Washington Huskies getting the 14 points in the playoff game, the college football playoff game with Alabama. I will take Clemson in the three points in the nightcap playoff game at the Fiesta Bowl with Ohio State and in the NFL the New Orleans Saints for Kevin as a road doggy against the Atlanta Falcons I will take the New York Giants the G-men uh, to cover against the Redskins if not knock them out of the playoffs that is all for the championship uh, weekend in college football and the regular season finale in the NFL we look forward to those Kevin thank you happy new year we'll check you later all right, happy New Year, TJ. Thank there you. you go. And uh, follow this show again as well on 3dogthursday.com on the website or at 3 Dog Thursday. We'll talk to you next week. We'll talk to you in the new year, 2017, with the best in underdog analysis and prediction. It is 3 Dog Thursday. Enjoy the games. Bye. Radio Influence brings you the best in digital media broadcasting. When it comes to sports, we've got experts like national sports radio host Rich Herrera, the fabulous sports babe, former Major League Baseball manager Kevin Kennedy, and former Bellator matchmaker Sam Kaplan. Want a good laugh? 
and go on the beach with pants and roller girl or just lol with nancy alexander and when it comes to real life dangerous conversation with scott ledger and beyond the badge with vincent hill will make you think when it comes to what you want radio influence has you covered find our programming on itunes stitcher tune in radio and radioinfluence.com <laughs>